Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kevin Johnson program. Of course, I am your host, Kevin Johnson, as I spotlight individuals who shape the culture of arts and entertainment here in South Florida. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash kevjohnpro. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram. We have returned to Instagram as well, under Kev John Pro. And I'd like to introduce my next guests at this time. Um, I've known these ladies for quite a while because of their trade, and I thought it would be nice for us to get to, uh, to, get to know them, not only as people, but also their work as well. So I'd like to introduce Christina Mendenhall and Karina Mask. Uh, they work together in the visual realm, not only as photographers, but also as uh, videographers as well. So their trade is purely visual. Of course, I'm sure they do other things, so we'll get into those as well. Uh, Christina uh, has, has contributed her uh, time in reference to doing still photography for my company, as some of you know, I um, recruit entertainment for variety programs as well as uh, festivals. And also Karina has also contributed as well. And then like I said before, they do have a relationship professionally. Uh, they work together on projects. But here's a trivia, and I'm gonna shoot this over to Christina. Because I, totally forgot how did we meet again yeah actually that was something i was trying to think of as well i think it was because of a new times job i somehow ran into you at one of the many events that i used to cover for the new times and or it was someone that i worked with there who said hey you know so and so is looking for a photographer okay you might actually be a good fit reach out to kevin and okay. i was like kevin i don't know kevin oh i'm sure you've seen him around somewhere had to, yeah. I, I, I remember you actually working for or working with the New Times for photography. And then, like I said, Christina has, um, you know, uh, done still photography for, uh, we did an art festival, I think back in, I want to say 2015 or 2016, where we had uh, multiple uh, musicians and uh, Christina was uh, nice enough in order to um, you know, contribute her time in order to shoot those stills for us. And then when Christina was not able to do it, she passed over a project over to Karina as well. And that's how I met Karina through Christina. There's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot <laughs> a of lot that. Of C names. <laughs> well, Karina, Christina, Christina, Karina, say that five times fast. <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> you could just refer to us CM squared. Yeah. It's like <laughs> uh, that, that, yeah, there's there's your company right there. A third company together. Yes, yeah. yes. So I will start with Christina since I met her first. Are you a Florida native? I am. Yeah, born and raised here. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, how did you get into uh, the visuals? Um, I always loved photography. That's what I was dreaming about doing as a kid. Um, I wasn't sure I was either going to be a photographer or an astronaut. Ah. Um, and I was like, all right, obviously the astronaut thing didn't work out. <laughs> My <laughs> math grades were horrible. <laughs> um, but no, um, all joking aside, I, I've always loved it. And I knew it seemed like a long shot at best, but I was like, if I could make a living doing something creative, that would be my goal. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of stuck to it. And um, my mother, she was always super supportive. I wouldn't have had the courage to do this if she hadn't been so supportive. Um, and then yeah, I, um, I decided, which sounds odd now, um, that I was gonna do a photography program. Okay. Um, so I started at the community college and then I went to New York. Um, didn't make it more than a semester at Parsons. Um, so I was in their fine art photography program and I was a, a mid-school year transfer. Okay. I didn't realize how cold it was in New York. Mm. <laughs> so, Tropical girl. Oh yeah, so um, my... Uh, my eyes are open to the reality of how expensive it is, how cold it is, and that that wasn't really the right fit for me. So um, I came back, um, and then my mom said, "You can stay with me and, you know, finish your um, education uh, locally." So I finished at uh, FAU. 
Okay. And then uh, kind of just kept chasing the dream from there. But in that uh, transition, I decided that I wanted to do um, video as well. So I did a multimedia um, film. Okay. But you're really just studying like film. Uh-huh. You're not really learning how to make a film. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> not, not an FAU's program. Maybe it's different now, but at that time it was more of a theory-based program. All right. Um, and then, yeah, photography. I minored in fine art photography. Okay. Yeah. All so right. It's kind of like a long roundabout way, but I don't know if that helps. <laughs> and Karina. All right. Um, so not a fl- I guess now I feel like I am a native Floridian. I moved here back in 1998, um, but I've been spending quite a bit of time in Japan because at uh, my grand well I guess let's go back to the beginning so I was please I was born outside of Washington DC my father worked for the US government so we'd move around quite a bit Um, so my mother she is of Japanese heritage but when she married my father she had to give up her citizenship so I'm technically 100% American which is you know yeah, pretty. Yeah, it is. That's pretty cool. I mean, yes, you're born on American soil. I, yeah. I am. Um, okay. But my first language was Japanese, and then I, I picked up English around like six or seven years old when I was going to kindergarten in rural Virginia, and then um, from there we moved to uh, uh, Central America. We lived in Panama for quite a few years, and then uh, moved back to the U.S. in 1998. Um, we were supposed to spend just a short amount of time here and then move out to the UK, but my brother was in a pretty bad car accident and suffered a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, was in a coma, and then the next few years uh, we, there was no way to move because there was so much PTSD, and that's physical therapy, speech therapy, and occupational therapy. Um, then I guess... I was taking crappy photos most of my life. They were <laughs> they're either like abandoned buildings or flowers. Yeah, and then terrible photos when when I uh, traveled with my family. I thought they were amazing, but mm-hmm. now looking back at them, no, they're pretty amazing. But like in, in like a terrible way. <laughs> oh hey. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had to start from somewhere. Yeah. What made you move down south? Well, I mean, I, I've lived in Broward County since like 1998. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But I would go back and forth to Japan. Um, Christina actually gave me a camera over eight years ago, and um, she had told me to show her what Japan means to me. So I took a bunch of mediocre, at best, landscape photos of Tokyo. But um, I guess I got um, I had two two of my favorite human beings in the whole wide world. They were, they were my super reluctant models, but they put up with me and let me photograph them from sun up to sundown, and that's my, my grandparents in Akita, so mm-hmm. um, had a lot of portraits of them, um, followed them around for years. Uh, okay. When I was 18, I was in Japan for about six months and uh, noticed that my grandmother might have, uh, her memory was failing her, so um, mm-hmm. I brought that to attention to my mother and aunt, and uh, she was, I guess, recently, uh, at that time, she was diagnosed with uh, dementia. Mm. So I just started documenting her. And then also my grandfather, he was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. And uh, I photographed him up to post-mortem because uh, the Japanese are very ritualistic when it comes to every aspect of their life. And I thought... Uh, the burial and everything else and all the ceremonies that come with someone passing in Japan were just so beautiful and should be documented and I wanted to share it with my family that was in the U.S. because they weren't able to make it in time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of fell into photography, right? Yeah, no, I, I still think that, that that personal project is something that you should talk more about because I think that's so hard. You just lost your loved one. And yeah. To document it and to have the bravery to not, because I'd be crying. Like I think about it now, and I just cry because right. I, I couldn't document my grandmother and her uh, her battles with uh, some of her health before she was yeah put into a home and passed away. So how did you two meet? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we actually met through a mutual friend, yeah. rock climbing actually. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, the the irony of that um, in South Florida, rock climbing. yeah, rock climbing, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like what? Well, now they have. All different complexes now. Right. They have well, rock climbing, so yeah. it's it's nothing new anymore. Yeah. yeah, 
So yeah, actually, a big shout out to uh, Coral Cliffs. That was a rock climbing gym that we met at. Okay. And then, uh, Abby is the owner and uh, basically lead instructor. She, um, a friend of mine, Andy, introduced me to Abby. And then I was going to fail the test. And she's like, why don't you just take a minute? Just calm down. So she's like, what, what kind of music do you want to listen to? So she put on some of my favorite music. Uh, some Which random was? 80s stuff. I was probably Depeche Mode. I don't even know. I don't remember. She tried to talk I me. remember <laughs> seeing you at a restaurant, Dada in Delray Beach. You had a members-only jacket yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with the <laughs> 80s for a while. I still, I still love it. I just can't rock it now uh. the way that I did, but <laughs> or I thought I did. Um, air quotes there. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, that's uh, that. That was um, that was the coolest part about it. I had no idea that um, Karina was interested in photography and had done you know some modeling in front of the camera before being interested in taking photos mm -hmm. um so that's why um through our friendship and the love of rock climbing um i was trying to encourage her i was like take photos japan is amazing i've never traveled outside of the u.s and canada i'm like mm -hmm. one day at the bahamas with my mom for like right. my birthday present one year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you know it's the same you feel like you're in america still mm -hmm. um nothing like japan so um that was my introduction to the other world that is um, uh, outside of the U.S. <laughs> yeah, so okay. I, I'm so grateful to Karina for for that. I know mm -hmm. I might have given her a camera, but it was probably my own selfish drive. Like, no, show me what you see. I want. So, know. what kind of camera was it? Oh boy. <laughs> so uh, it was a Nikon D200. Okay. Um, it was very. <laughs> it was big, and there was a, a battery adapter on it that made it even bigger and ev even heavier and it was terrible in low light and but <laughs> makes me sound like a horrible person here take this really old heavy camera and take some photos <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you gotta uh, start somewhere like right. I said. <laughs> yeah so this is like when it came back a great forearm strength though i mean it was so heavy yeah but um no i i love that little camera well big camera i love that big camera but uh yeah uh, it wasn't great in low light, and uh, horrible. <laughs> but I had to get really good at taking low light photos. So I would just work on like my breathing exercises to take photos, <laughs> <laughs> which which works right now for me because um, I love taking low light photos. But I hate having a tripod, so mm -hmm. I make myself into a tripod and just okay. take photos. Yeah, still really jealous of that. I don't know. Yeah. So. I know most there are there are, there seem to be different type of photographers, mm -hmm. uh, and I know that you, Christina, from what I gather, you you have contracts with, let's say, the industrial side, as opposed to, you know, there are photographers that do exhibits and things like that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Talk a little bit about in reference to working with, because uh, I know you work with certain con companies, you're contracted through mm -hmm. certain companies. So how do you basically market yourself in order to have people find you in order to, you know, get that type of revenue? Um, gosh, sometimes I think it's it's honestly, it's just a blessing. Like, I I can't even describe other than like, all right, God made that happen because some of these jobs that I've been given, they were, um, I was given as a personal reference from a friend of mine I went to college with and I worked at a bookstore. Mm -hmm. He went to New York after getting his master's degree and got a job at Bloomberg. And then he's like, hey, we're looking for someone down in South Florida. Are you interested in being a contributor to Bloomberg? And I was like, heck yeah. Mm. So Ken, um, if it wasn't for Ken being like, hey, if you're interested, send in your portfolio to this person. He would be the one to, to try to help you out. Mm -hmm. And from that, I got my foot in the door with Bloomberg News, which I still am so grateful for. And like I said, that's a blessing. That's a God thing. That, that had nothing to do with me. Right. I mean, that's just like sheer dumb luck. Otherwise, right? Like I, so... Person of faith, I have to believe that. Right, right. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, Politico, another one. I don't even know how I stumbled into that. Um, I'm still like totally, um, I don't know, beside myself that I was like, yeah, I'll do this for you, sure. And it was again having my name passed along by someone who wasn't able to do it. Um, and so uh, those types of experiences. I don't know it's just it's really awesome and that's why the whole thing is like you just never know who you're gonna meet and who's gonna vouch for you right and I don't know I always like to tell people um, you know people might forget what you say they might forget 
how they met you. Like, we don't remember how we met each other. Mm-hmm. But you'll remember how they made you feel. Yeah. And I always go, yeah, Kevin is a sweetheart. And I know, like, it's hard because we're all working so many different angles, so many different jobs just to try to survive. Yes. Um, Photo angle. angles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... But I remember you as being just a, a kind and gentle soul, you know? There's not a malicious bone in your body. <laughs> and so um, I, I really hope um, that if there's any one thing that someone could take away from this particular podcast that we're doing right now, mm-hmm. it's just be kind and, yeah. and just do the best you can. And you're going to make mistakes. We're human. Right. <laughs> we're, we're meant to make mistakes. We're not perfect. Yeah. And I always, uh, I always joke with Karina, it's um, progress, not perfection. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm a ball of like trouble. Sometimes I get so obsessed with making it perfect and yeah. not realizing that's just not possible. We're, we're never going to be perfect. Um, so would you, Karina, consider yourself the uh, yang to Christina's yin? Yes and no, because sometimes we have a lot of overlap in, in our styles to how we see certain things. So I think... Mm, but also trying to keep Christina, because when we edit, so say for example, for video editing, I am really fast. So I will come up with something that I want to show from start to finish and I'll kind of make it up in my mind of like, this is what I want the story to be like. And Mm -hmm. I will roughly drop all the footage, the music and cut stuff up really fast. But she's meticulous. So she'll Mm. come back in after me and clean up everything. Okay. So I could like run in and like, you know, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm always uh, <laughs> doing, trying to not always do everything fast. It's just maybe kind of robotic, too. Even in our photo editing, I can go through hundreds of photos, and Christina will go through 30. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, but do I Have think... Have you run into any arguments during these uh, projects where you're trying to you know, make sure that uh, you're finessing and polishing the uh, the right product. I mean, I think we have a tendency to just agree to disagree sometimes. And I'm like, look, if that's your gut, go with it. If that's the way you want it to be. And then I think we're so blessed to be in a digital age because I can say, all right, this is Karina's edit. And then I can go back and make my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also respect her opinion. And I know sometimes we'll have like a... Like the other day I was editing a photo and she's like, you should make that lighter. And I was like, yeah, you think so? She's like, I I just think it's too dark. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I trust your opinion. I value what you're saying. I'm going to make that photo lighter. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to come to some kind of middle ground. So, you know, just compromise, basically. Like, I like the dark and edgy edit, but she's right. People aren't going to know. If you weren't there, you don't know what the heck I'm trying to show you. Mm -hmm. And then it just gets confusing and it gets muddled. And the whole point of the photo is lost at that point if you don't know what the heck you're looking at, right? Right. Well, it's also really helpful when we're both on, uh, you know, shooting together, whether it be I take stills or you do video or vice versa, and there's a shot that I see that I really would like for you to do, and and you listen, and I'll just make suggestions, and you you do the same for me, and, but we try not to overstep each other or step on each other's toes, and I think because we have been working together for close to eight years now or seven years, I think it took time to figure out what those boundaries were. Okay. Because yeah. at first, oh, gosh, oh it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I yelled uh, at her one day. Uh, yeah, I was a jerk. Uh, I was like, you didn't use a flash. Why didn't you use a flash? The client's <laughs> expecting a flash. I couldn't be there. I was working another gig, and then this is what we're turning in. And she's like, but it looks better in natural light. I'm like, but they're expecting a flash. And she's like, can we just see you I can't see you popping off at oh, someone. I was so, yeah, it was not good. I was having a bad day already, and then uh, I saw the photos, and I was like, what is this? And so uh, she's like, I'm never taking photos for you again. I'm like, oh, no, no, we're not we're not working together. Like, this company, nope, that's you. You do you. <laughs> I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm. But we, we I apologized, because I was. I, I overstepped, and I was wrong, because mm-hmm. they didn't say anything. They were like, oh, it's cool. Photos look fine. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So just because we do things differently doesn't make it right or wrong. Just different. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you run into any, um, let's say, challenges in reference to trying to prove yourself or prove yourselves in uh, this industry of visuals? Because I, for me, coming from a more performance background, 
of course, you have different aspects where um, I'm sure that there's like chauvinism mm -hmm. for certain for certain um, you know industries. Mm -hmm. So I didn't necessarily know if that you know comes across for photographers, for videographers, if there is some type of um, chauvinism involved. Uh, yeah, um, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but. <laughs> I, I let uh, Karina talk about her experience. I do a lot of work in sports entertainment as of late. Um, so um, with um, regards to my particular experience, I've had people basically look at me running the RF camera, which is the wireless camera that you put on your shoulder and you go and get the player interviews, you go yeah. and get the fan shots. Okay. People don't necessarily realize that that camera is 25 to 30 pounds and it's heavy and you're carrying that around a whole game and you're mm. getting whatever your director is telling you this is on our list. So you talk to the director producer, they say this is your, your assignment, your shot list, go and get it. And so um, I work with uh, a great partner in uh, crime in RF, and his name is Brady. Um, and we've both experienced, um, uh, for example, at Panthers games, we, we know some of the regular uh, ticket holders, and they'll just give him a hard time. They're like, you're making her carry your camera, dude? What the heck? And he looks at them, and he's like, uh, nope, it's her camera today. We switch off every mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. So she's very capable. And then he's like, she's sometimes a better shooter than I am. She's seeing, we see things differently. Mm -hmm. um, so I often talk about that uh, with him. And I'm like, it really upsets me because they're giving you a hard time when they're not viewing us as equals. They're not saying, oh, this woman is capable and sometimes might be a better fit depending on, on what it is you know, we're, uh, we're filming. Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, I, I still I still can't believe it, but I'm hopeful that we're making progress. And, and I'm very fortunate that I've been given that ability. And I am the only female camera operator in the South Florida market mm. for sports production. Okay. Um, so that's a huge honor to me because right. I've had other guys say, look, I travel and I see female camera operators out there. I don't know why you're the only woman that we have on our crew filming, you know, shooting the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's still alive and well, and for whatever reason, people go, oh, that you know, that girl can't do that. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the puff out the chest and yes, I'm yeah, the fans, man, yeah. whatever. Right, all of that course. nonsense. So, no, I, but uh, again, I wouldn't be where I am without uh, men advocating for me and my talent. I've had yeah. some great, great men who were like, you can do this. Why are they putting you in that box? No, we're gonna help you get there. Okay. And so again, I, I wouldn't be there um, without uh, gentlemen. A few gentlemen that really believe in me. So at the Panthers, it's Mike Rubin, right. um, and then uh, Chopper. So yeah, which is Jeff is our producer. And they're like, yeah. have you worked with the Heat? Um, I don't do the Heat as often. I'm a fill-in at the Heat. They have a, a whole uh, set crew there, so okay. I, I do predominantly the Panthers and then the Marlins. Okay. And then fill in when needed at the uh, at the Heat. But yeah. Okay. All right, Karina. Uh, well, I guess I have an anecdote for this. Um, a few years back, I think it was 2017, I was going to Japan and I was pitching different stories about uh, sake because in northern Japan where my family's from, they're really well known for having great rice, great sake, and great hot springs. And if you don't know what sake is, it's uh, rice wine. Um, so I contacted one of my mother's, uh, I guess, was a high school friend and he is a sommelier in northern Japan and he does a, like a sommelier for wines and sake and he's also really in, he helps I guess uh, widen like knowledge about sake and the different types and everything else so he, he loves alcohol. Hmm. Anyway, so he, I, I, uh, I contacted my mother and she asked him if I would be able to go to some of the sake breweries to go take photos and to interview some of the, the people that work there or the CEOs or distributors. So uh, we went and uh, had a meeting and met with one of the CEOs, older Japanese gentleman, not older, like meh, maybe 50 to 55 years old. And I had all my camera gear, had audio equipment, had lighting, had everything all set up. He took one look at me, 
only talked to my mother and also the sommelier and then said, oh, that meeting that we were going to have to for the Q&A session, I think I'm too busy for that. And then he just went to his office and played Candy Crush on his phone. And that was kind of hmm. okay. infuriating. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. But um, when I went back in 2019, um, in it was a Jumai Joe season, and um, I was able to meet with two CEOs from sake breweries and they both sat down with me for hours explaining every single part of the process to distribution to what types of grain that they're using to where they're distributing and where in the world and they they gave me that time mm -hmm. but this gentleman didn't so mm -hmm. I think as much as I was so infuriated and didn't want to go back to the sake breweries to meet any of these older gentlemen that wouldn't give me like the, the time of day, um, having that wine sommelier and also my mother um, speak to these gentlemen and say, I think you should sit down for this and, and uh, mm -hmm. we should talk. Okay. So, I mean, I, it didn't matter that I spoke Japanese or anything. It was just because I look young-ish ah, right. and I'm a female. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was kind of sucky but I mean misogyny and all that stuff lives but I mean I still had someone vouching for me and that that made all the difference in the world hmm. good good yeah. now going back to projects where of course I'm sure present company included uh, people have definitely asked for solids but I'm sure that you have come to a point where uh, price points matter and um, w how hard or how difficult was it to break it to your friends that, you know, this is going to cost you? I mean, you know, you, you're not working for free. This is what you do for a living wage. So what was that conversation like? Well, <laughs> so we joke. I still give the farm away. I have a bleeding heart, and so I would probably pay people to take their photos, as Karina points out. Um, so sometimes that's not my strength. Um, so I think in, in any business, in any company, there needs to be... A yeah, I've left <laughs> messages with you guys, and I've had dead silence. So I know uh, that you don't work for free. No. But no, go um, no, um, no I, 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 I came to a point where I understood that artists are doing this for a living wage because not only is it their passion this is what they this is what they do and um, uh, case in point there was a I don't know if you've seen this but there was a campaign by Wells Fargo uh, there was a commercial I think it was either through print or through online and there was um, backlash because there was certain things that said um, something this today, that tomorrow. So, like for instance, they'll say, um, they'll say, like gymnast today, mathematician tomorrow, ballerina today, um, um, corporate, you know, president tomorrow, things like that. And there was a lot of blowback from the artist community because it is a job. This is what they do. This is their profession. And to have it be disrespected like that, you know, it took me a long time in order to say that if I'm a promoter and I want to get, get paid, I should know that the performers that I'm going to be recruiting need to get paid as well. Mm -hmm. And then also the people that are working around me that I'm asking for services they need to get paid as well. Yeah. So, once again, what was the conversation like, the first ever conversation that you had to say, look, I can no longer do this pro bono? Um, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a particular client right now where it just came naturally that we basically agreed that I was no longer the right photographer for them and they weren't able to pay. They said, look, we're having budget issues and we're not really able to pay. We, we love your work, but, um, you know, it's just, it's not possible right now. We're a nonprofit and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of is what it is. 
So At least they were upfront with you. Exactly. Okay. And, and I appreciated that as opposed to, oh, the check's in the mail, the check's in the mail, the check's <laughs> in the mail. And you're like, all right, the bills are still coming in. And, right, and I, yes. I put a lot of money out to, to buy the equipment and to be able to do this uh, and dedicate my life to this particular profession. Um, I'm very fortunate that I do both photos and video. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's hard. It's a hard conversation when sometimes you give people a quote. I had somebody ask me for um, baby shower photos, and I was like, all right, well, this is the price. And I said, because I know you and I appreciate you, I'll give you uh, you know twenty five dollars off. But mm-hmm. this this is what it is. Right. And they were like, uh, and it took them a while to write back, but they said, oh yeah, I really appreciate that you're willing to give us a discount, but that's a, out of our budget. And I said, all right, well, I'm sure you guys will find someone, and you'll have a great baby shower and. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, reach out again if there's anything that um, we can help you with. Mm-hmm. And, and best of luck. A happy, happy know, baby a shower. Happy baby shower. I don't even know. Yeah, how do you say? <laughs> well, there's also that old adage: um, you get what you pay for. And I feel like that's true, especially in the arts. Um, whether you know uh, you're a videographer, a photographer, you're uh, you know graphic designer. Um, a lot of people say that they can do these jobs but there's a bit of a difference between a professional photographer and an amateur photographer. And it's years and years and years of working 100 hour weeks just because this is your business and you wanna keep it afloat because this is, what, this is what makes you happy. And it also is your only means of income. You're, you're not just, um, you know, you're not working in the financial district and then working, for, you know, um, Friday, Saturday as a wedding photographer. You're, mm-hmm. It's for Christina and I, seven days a week. <laughs> and I'm, I know you're supposed to, like, turn off your phone and stop doing business emails after 5 o'clock, but I'm still working on that. Um, uh, <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> but uh, until, until that happens, uh, yeah, no, I think... Christine and I probably both dedicate about 100 hours a week or more, um, whether it's photo edits to video edits to um, finding stuff. We're terrible at Instagram and keeping up with Facebook posts or Twitter or whatever because um, we're working. We're working, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. and as much as I want to say those things don't matter, a lot of my jobs still come through Instagram and Facebook and yeah, yeah. Um, social media, social media stuff. Yeah. So, the landscape I'm sure has totally changed from when you started, or when you know Christina gave you uh, the camera to work on. I mean, back then it was all about um, Kodak disc and Polaroids and dark rooms. So. From that point to now, um, I guess, you know, the digital age has, you know, come, I won't say full circle, but it has, like, you know, totally, like, have things gotten easier in the sense of editing and, and, and visuals and things like that? I want to say yes and no. Um, I think it's the, the basic principles and the theory behind um, like you know taking photos on film and then also on digital media in theory and principle it's the same mm-hmm. um, we don't <laughs> nowadays we want instant in gratification we want photos on a cell phone and then to upload it immediately to Instagram because you know if you look like you're having fun you must be cool mm-hmm. <laughs> you <laughs> must be having fun <laughs> you must be having fun it looks like you are so um, I feel like it's changed a lot. Has it gotten harder or easier? I'm not sure. Just like, you know, I don't know. Part of me thinks that it's a little bit harder to make a living doing it because mm-hmm. everyone is a photographer, quote unquote. Right. I've got this digital camera. I've got this whatever. And just because you have that doesn't mean that you get it, that, you know, you really are putting the time, energy, and effort into it. And I'm so grateful, like, we're doing this podcast, and it's a relatively simple thing now, as opposed to the studio space that we're in, that used to be, that's all you had to use, right? Right, yeah. Um, But, I mean, in in regards to to my thoughts on it, I really feel 
so thankful that I get paid to do this because people go, well, good enough. That's it. That's all we need. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be perfect or professional. We just need good enough. And then when good enough becomes the norm, the norm, Mm -hmm. that's that's concerning for me. So I love that people still want to pay for professional photos and not just of weddings and you know, bar mitzvahs and quinceañeras, like they want family photos, puppy photos. They they mm-hmm. they value that, and they mm-hmm. go, yeah. I I had a friend I was talking to, and I was like, oh man, I don't even know what to charge you. Like you're like family, and she's like, I'm going to pay you. You are worth it, and this is what you do for a living. So we'll discuss the amount, but you're gonna get paid. And obviously, the time that we're in right now, it's a little little tricky because this whole COVID nineteen thing. So we would be remiss if, and I've already discussed this with uh, a few installments back, but we would be remiss if we did not talk about our current situation right now. As many of you know, and hopefully by the time this does air, we will have reached a new occurrence or a, a tipping point, you might say. But as many of you know, we are working or we are under a pandemic right now with COVID-19, which is a coronavirus that is not only affecting us domestically, but internationally in the sense where most countries are now being isolated. They're isolating individuals in their homes, businesses such as Uh, as they call them, non-essential establishments, bars, restaurants, and now also athletics are being suspended. And due to the fact that, like you said, most of your revenue is coming from sports entertainment, um, I'm sure that, I mean, when when did you get the um, notion that things were happening? in the sense where like this has become real? Um, for me, working in sports, I thought, well, sports is never gonna, it's never gonna stop. Um, we had heard some rumors about things getting a little more serious and that there was the possibility of them not allowing fans to uh, watch the games and, you know, live arenas. And I was like, okay, well, you know, um, this could be interesting, but uh, another cameraman, uh, that I work with at the Panthers, he said, look, this is kind of what happened with baseball after 9-11. We still played the games, we just didn't have fans in the stands, so we had fewer camera guys, but we still we still had the games going. So um, I want to say that happened actually around the very beginning of March. Um, I think it was around like March uh, 7th, mm-hmm. um, because there was a, actually uh, Roberto Luongo uh, retiring his number at the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "There's no way that they're gonna they're gonna postpone or cancel like hockey, basketball, and then we've got spring training going on." Um, so, in my own weird naive way, I was like, "No." Um, right. And then I guess it was a week later um, when basketball announced um, that they were gonna be uh, postponing the rest of the season after someone tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yeah, and I was like. Uh, is bad because again I don't do as much basketball as I do hockey and I was like oh crap they share a lot of the same arenas and Mm -hmm. if we have the basketball player that's testing positive who knows what other athletes could and then it it became really real because then an email went out saying look um, you're postponed slash cancelled as of right now and we're not sure um, when uh, you'll uh, be back at work but um, Everybody was like, this is new. This is totally unprecedented. Um, and then I was like, okay, that's cool. I've got the photography work with Karina. Um, I'm going to focus more on that, and then I'll let her take over. Um, so uh, what I was mentioning when, I guess, we weren't recording is that uh, this year was off to an amazing start, and it's either like a like a deluge or it's a famine, and it has been extremely busy the first three months of this year until – about the the 7th or 8th maybe or is it the 9th of March and then you were covering large gatherings yourself yeah okay yeah um, a, a lot of big events um, uh, galas to conferences to um, yeah um, usually 
between like 200 to 500 people at each of the events that I was attending. So they were relatively larger events. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, uh, as soon as Christina got that email saying from the, I guess her higher ups that uh, MLB, MLS, NBA, and NHL were all going to suspend or cancel everything for the foreseeable future, I got a, <laughs> it was just email after email after email. Domino effect. Yeah. Like, it went from maybe 77 jobs in like the next month and a half to zero, almost overnight. So, and I started to do the math and I just kind of, it was hard. Oh yeah. No, I, I just stopped doing the math halfway in between because it was just, um, yeah. You got choked up a little bit yeah. in the sense that your trade due to the fact of an outside force that one cannot control. Yeah basically affects everything from here on out. Uh, I remember back 11 years ago when we were in a recession and they decided to consolidate uh, all the um, businesses, like all the call centers, because I was working at a call center at the time, and they had like six call centers and then one by one they started closing. And I asked my supervisor at that time, well, due to the fact that we are in this current state at that time, are we in danger of getting, you know, consolidated? And he was like, no, no, we'll, we'll be fine. We're one of the popular ones. And then two weeks later, we're closed. Wow. And it took me six months in order to get another job only because, once again, the recession hit and um, it was just luckily enough is that there was a store of a chain that was opening at the time and needed people yeah. so I was lucky in that aspect in order to get something but like I said we don't necessarily know how long this is going to be so like for instance I don't know where you were during that time like 09 I graduated December of 08. Okay. And so I'm like, all right, I'm out of college, and I'm going to go out and find a job, and not really realizing the severity of the Great Recession mm -hmm. that was uh, 2007, 2008. Um, couldn't find a job. I, I was like, okay, what do I do now? Because i got to start paying these college loans back, <laughs> and this is a horrible reality. Um, so, yeah, I think in that regard, this is very reminiscent of that, yeah. but I feel this might be even bigger because I... I can't remember a time when it's literally like people are freaking out, like toilet paper, <laughs> like all of these paper products and things that, you know, um, I just am kind of like, well, this is interesting. This is going to get real. Um, well, I have a feeling that it's just that we're in an age where, as we say, it's just more digital than analog in the sense that people's senses are much more heightened than what they used to be 20 years ago, before 9-11, um, in the sense that if something happens, if something goes wrong, you know, it was like, okay, well, something went wrong. It's okay. We'll, we'll get through it. In the sense that now, in this particular generation, since everything is more so sensitive, uh, not desensitized, but so more, much more sensational, much more um, sensitive. So people's senses are much more heightened this time around than it was before. So now they are going out and they are panicking. This is like widespread panic. And they're getting everything that they need to get, even things that they don't necessarily think that they need, they're grabbing off. Yeah. Because they don't necessarily know how long this is going to take. And it would be wonderful if this thing was to end 24 hours later. But unfortunately, this is a health situation. Yeah. So, of course, you know, we'll, we can wash all our hands that we want. We can isolate all we want. We can just take care of ourselves. And then hopefully, once this does pass, we can resume... Um, the 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 new the newer normal the newest normal that we have right now 
it's also interesting too. Um, all of us always have our smartphone in our hand or in our back pocket, and we check it every five to ten minutes. And there's just so much misinformation that's going out too, which is really irresponsible. So I feel like it's just feeding that fear. Yes. And um, a lot of people are scared because <laughs> it. Everyone's. I, I can't say everyone's scared, but a lot of people are scared. And there's a lot of information coming out, which is which is scary. And um, it's I the theme of uncertainty. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't necessarily know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I just keep thinking about what Byron said. You know, in regards to like that's the security guard that let us in. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't think about this in regards of like oh like stop hit the panic button freak out think of this as a moment that's a stepping stone to something. Right bigger and better this yes. is a step in the right direction this mm -hmm. is the time where you get to take a moment you need to come to peace i personally have faith that this is all a part of some grander scheme or plan mm -hmm. I don't know, that couldn't be hopelessly optimistic mm -hmm. but i have to be right if we don't stop and take this time to be like what's really important and what's a want versus a need yes and i think that that's why in, in my life, I'm noticing I'm missing so many things because, like you said, sometimes I'm so busy, I don't even remember to call someone back or to write an email. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, I told you, I feel like a horrible person. I'm not ignoring you. I got so busy, so sidetracked by all of the, the this, the that. You know, right, like, of course. The, the so many stuff. different assignments. Yeah, just coming at you, you're like, whoa, okay. Um, it's like squirrel. It's like, what's, well, you know? Mm -hmm. and, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be flaky, and I don't want people to think I'm ignoring them. And right. Well, um, um, just to continue on what you're saying, uh, I completely agree. I think this time is a good time for meditation and also try to figure out what we want to do with our work. Maybe even talk about what numbers we should be charging or, like, working on rebranding, working on our websites. I personally have not touched my website in, like, five years, and I've got so much work in the last five years, and I just... I've been too busy just keeping up with job assignments instead of working on my, I guess, branding and, and my message and the stories that I want to tell because there's just, there's documentaries that I want to work on, there's stuff that I want to do, and I've always just been busy and just trying to, you know, chase that paycheck. And Of course. Yeah. And So now there's a time for reflection, and like you said, there's a time to, uh, you know, kind of center things and be and introspective and mm -hmm. kind of really meditate on what is important mm -hmm. so I think that's a yeah I don't know I'm trying to look at it as like a godsend because we've talked about all of these projects and never set the time aside and mm -hmm. I, I know like a part of it's like the shock like we were talking uh, yeah. when we took a, a quick break I miss doing what I do because I love it and it doesn't feel like a job and it's that oh my gosh I get to go to work today I get yes. to I get to film hockey I get to take still photos and someone values my photos enough that they're gonna pay me like I told Karina before I don't even like alcohol but I get paid to photograph drinks and I like photographing alcoholic <laughs> drinks and then I'm just like I don't want to drink this so I pass it to her I'm like here you drink it I don't I don't drink but right. I think it's still beautiful it's a work of art yes and to have all of that suddenly yeah. go away yeah. because no one's going to bars no one's going to hockey games it's just and it's not by choice yeah. it is only for how they say or the powers that be to say that is protecting a, you know for our health and making sure that we're not compromised right so they have to take these precautions and it's in the sense that let's just get through this i know it's going to take a lot of time and we have run into a lot of uh, impatience but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take time and patience. So in this, in this, in in the meantime, for the two of you, um, do you happen to have like, say, like you're saying right now about rebranding? You know, what is the name of? I mean, what are you Eminem through <laughs> the lens? I well. Um. Yeah, so I, I started through the shutter. Um, through the shutter, yeah, I no, that's all right. No, you're fine. It's close enough. Um, <laughs> I started through the shutter 
um, before meeting Karina, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I gotta do something to make this like a legit company. And so that was in 2012 when I registered it as an LLC. And we've been working together through that particular company umbrella um, mm -hmm. since Karina, you know, started working with me. I guess that was 2013, mm -hmm. 2014. Uh, I want to say 20. Was it 2013? I want to say 13. Yeah. Um, and just never, I never updated the website properly. I never, you know, you're you're not able to see both of our our profiles, our our portfolios. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we've been talking about that. Oh, we're gonna get to it, we're gonna get to it. And I was like, no, like now is the time. We need to basically join everything together. And so, um, you know, through the shutter it needs to be viewed as this is the team. Like right. you're, you're working with, you know, these two individual photographers and, and who knows, you know, what may come in the future. But um, um, we've got some amazing people that have a lot of faith in us. And I think this is just for me personally opening my eyes to, again, like, I'm, I'm so blessed I get paid to do this and I love it. And so, yeah, not getting a paycheck sucks. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes. But it's more not having a job to go to. Like, I, I want to go and take photos. I want to go and film stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my cat's getting tired of me. <laughs> like, you know, okay, stop. Um, it's like, please leave the house. Yeah, right. Go away. You can go. Why are you like here? Said, stop cleaning behind the couch. Like, like I said, cats are very judgmental. Gosh, they sure are. And, and, um, and they can be narcissistic, too. So, um, But I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule in order to make this happen. Uh, I asked uh, Christina... So, uh, are you afraid? Are you afraid to go outside yet? And she was like, "I, I have no fear. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Let's just all get together. We'll we'll find a way in order to do this." So, yeah. and I'm glad that uh, we were able to do this. So, thank you so much for for making this happen. And now that you have this time in order to basically come together and um, you know form a structure, I wish you much success in that. And, um, you know, if I don't say this now, I'll say this on record. Thank you for the time that you've given me for uh, the, the, the photography that you have done for me. And, you know, hopefully I'll be able to, uh, once this is up and, and, uh, and running again, uh, we hope to uh, reach out to you again in order to uh, participate in whatever new project that we have, depending on the time. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. And I think it's important just to say uh, faith, not fear, is faith. what's going to get us through this. Okay. Yeah. Well, empathy, too, understanding. And uh, we need a whole lot of love because a lot of people are scared. And just as we, you know, give a, like, lend them an ear or uh, show some empathy. You might have a neighbor who's 86 or something from Belarus and needs veggies. You go and get them for her, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Right, just, right. just a little bit of kindness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Too specific? <laughs> I was going to say, you're thinking of someone in particular, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So sure. where can they, f they can find your work through your website? Um, yeah, so. Through uh, the shutter? Through the shutter, uh, dot com. And then um, Karina and I, we're each working on our branding for Instagram and all that. Um, so we'll have through the shutter as a joint project. Currently, it's just been my stuff for however long, which we were going to fix that. Mm -hmm. um, and then Karina, your is your website? Oh, my website, uh, Karina Ami, so C-A-R-I-N-A-A-M-I.com. So it's just my first and middle name. And then um, for Instagram handle, Karina.mask. Okay. Mm -hmm. All yeah. right. Well, once again, thank you, ladies, no, thank for you. taking the time out in order to do this. And once again, this was the Kevin Johnson program. We'd like to thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about the creatives of South Florida, feel free to visit us on anchor.fm forward slash kevjohnpro. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at kevjohnpro. And as always, support your local community. Take care. <laughs>